Welcome to Ultiverse OQ, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Ultimates. Mm-hmm. Two. And also Ultimates. Annual. And Ultimate X-Men. Annual. Annual. Yes, uh, this week. Uh, it's not as many issues as we've done for the past few weeks, but those ultimate issues uh, pack in a lot of story. Heck yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, we are going to be covering Ultimates 2, numbers 1 through 6 of the first half of that volume, and then the Ultimates and Ultimate X-Men Annuals number 1. And uh, we're getting to parts that I know... Like, we don't really talk about the actual release schedule, but this is where you had like Ultimate Galactus coming out at the same time, and I know there's some references in Ultimate Galactus to this all happened before. I really don't know what happened beyond that. Plus, we haven't hit Ultimates 2 Part 2, where I think there was like eight months between the actual ending coming out. Fair. Classic Miller. Yeah. Uh, good times, good times, good times. Great times. Mm-hmm. Though, uh, I think we we might be getting to that. Nope, we aren't getting to Ultimates Part 2 until... Uh, oof, not for a while. Damn, uh, Part 2 is great. That's the part I thought we were talking about, and then got sad when I was reading it and realized we weren't getting to that part. Yeah, no, that's not going to be until the end of November. Dang. The that's 24th of November. Bananas. Well, that's also when we're going to get to cover Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. <gasps> that shit was also bananas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not quite as bananas, but still, still some bananas. Well, that'll also be when X out is wrapping up. True. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the first stories that we're covering. Uh, Ultimates number two, one through six, also known as Gods and Monsters, was written by Mark Millar with pencils by Brian Hitch, inks by Paul Neary and Brian Hitch, with colors by Laura Martin and Lori and Larry Molinar, with letters by Chris Eliopoulos. One year after the events of the Ultimates, Nick Fury sends Captain America in on a covert mission into Iraq to rescue nine American hostages, breaking the original idea of the Ultimates only dealing with domestic crises. Captain America frees everyone and the discourse begins debating about how S.H.I.E.L.D. can use superheroes, and as a result, Thor ends up quitting the team, and Tony Stark starts a smear campaign calling Thor insane. God, I... The only good Ultimates at this point are Thor and Falcon, and Falcon isn't even an official Ultimate at this point. Nope. Like, everybody else is just varying levels of shitty. Yeah. Ultimate Thor was right. Ultimate Thor is right. He's Uh, always right. Yeah. That's why I was happy that I unlocked him in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
Wasp and Captain America are still dating, and Cap's older personality is starting to become more evident as he complains about being a public figure and all that swearing in movies these days. It's too loud. I want free money. Back in my day, it only cost me a dime to take both of us out to the movies, and we'd still have extra for popcorn. The conversation is interrupted, though, by some pretty racist characters who try and mug the two of them, but they are quickly routed off screen. Meanwhile, Hank Pym checks in on Bruce Banner at the Triskelion, where Bruce has been keeping things in check with help from Medication and Charles Xavier, which, remember, the Hulk can be your hero. You should also take medication and seek medical advice. Mm-hmm. And mental health support. Damn straight. Hank and Bruce have been working on different superhero ideas, and Hank reveals his newest one. He can shrink himself down as the new Ant-Man. Thor, meanwhile, goes to visit Volstagg for dinner, drawing the attention of the diners as they... Drawing the attention of the diners as Thor and Volstagg talk about Thor leaving the Avengers. Volstagg came Ultimate with a warning from... Luke. What? Ultimate Luke. Oh, oh shit, shit. Oh, no. Thor, versus the Ultimates. Thor, meanwhile, goes to visit Volstagg for dinner, drawing the attention of the diners as the pair talk about Thor leaving the Ultimates. Volstagg came with a warning from Odin that Loki has escaped his prison and that he has allied with a new force that will turn the Ultimates against him. Thor believes he is prepared, only to find out that he was seemingly talking to nobody in the restaurant, which is really why the diners were looking at him. They think he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is weird because I remember this being part of like Ultimate Thor, the series that came out, but that is a totally different thing. That came out also like way later. Yeah. That was during Ultimate Comics Presents Ultimate, or just even, I think, Thor. Yeah. Post-Ultimatum, yo. Mm-hmm. Captain America and Bucky go on a double date, but they are stopped when the news comes out that an anonymous source has leaked the secret that Dr. Bruce Banner was actually the Hulk and is still alive, something that even the president was unaware of. Iron Man and Black Widow working on an undersea rescue mission along with Captain Britain, Brian Braddock, and his father, James Braddock, of the European Super Soldier Initiative when they get the news. Meanwhile, in Venice, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch receive a call, the same as Iron Man and Black Widow, about the Hulk reveal. And in the meantime, Thor is being blamed for the leak. The Ultimates assemble of Nick Fury, revealing they need to let the Hulk pay for his crimes, which means he will be executed. Fury is also playing to blame Thor and has been digging into his background. Captain America leaves after the meeting to confront Thor at a club, where he's hanging out. Thor stands his ground saying, nah, I didn't hack that, and he wouldn't try to lead to the death of Dr. Banner, which quite cheerfully, for everything that's been going on with Thor's character, why would he... He would never try to get another person executed. Yeah, Thor is... Who do you think Thor would vote for in 2020? In 2020. Ooh. I feel like he'd be a Warren supporter. I feel like he would have been full in on Mike Gravel until Gravel dropped out. And then, yeah, he'd probably be Warren or potentially probably Warren more than Bernie. Yeah, one of those two, though. Mm -hmm. The other party goers start to attack Cap after he warns Thor to be careful and Thor stops them. He tells Cap that he thinks Loki might be behind it, but Captain America doesn't want to listen. 
Xavier, meanwhile, meets with Bruce Banner in his mind to make sure he's still calm. After the meeting, Fury and Cyclops meet with Xavier, who offers to take over Bruce's care, but Fury knows that the public wants someone to pay for what the Hulk did. Which, Fury, if you can't find a better solution than letting a super genius get executed uh -huh. for stuff that he did, you really shouldn't be a spy master. Like, they've already established that LODs exist, just execute one of them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you could continue to pretend that Hulk died again. Anyways, Hank visits Bruce afterwards to talk, and Hank decides that since he is getting blackballed, he plans to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. At the trial of the Hulk, Mad Murdock defends him on the idea that Bruce was influenced by his powers, essentially a he-was-on-drugs defense. Back at Tony's, the ultimates watch on and talk about how Betty has cut out Bruce from her life. Thor, meanwhile, shows up on 60 Minutes, warning again about the ultimates being deployed for military purposes, which the team doesn't want to deal with. Betty does go to apologize to Bruce, who blames her for not accepting him, which drove him to test the formula on himself before she apologizes. She says that she loves Bruce Ness and wants him to say it back to her, but... Because he's in front of the cameras, Bruce doesn't feel comfortable. On the ninth day of the trial, Matt is arguing that Bruce has tried to atone for what Matt calls a military disaster with his genius and that keeping him alive is better for humanity. Very valid point. Mm -hmm. Back in his cell at the Triskelion, Bruce is waiting for the verdict when Fury comes in with a bottle of champagne saying the case was thrown out of court. He explains some soldiers brought up how the Hulk fought the Chitauri, and as Bruce drinks, he falls unconscious and is taken to a ship set to be decommissioned and exploded, where Iron Man has rigged a bomb, and Bruce wakes up seconds before it explodes. I think I'm sorry, too. Even just that, it's just like, again, you're the spy master. Couldn't you just say that you put him on that ship and then set it to explode? Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's not like a public execution that I feel like is what people wanted more or less no and that's totally going to be a thing where you're going to get a bunch of whole conspiracy theorists oh like, yeah 100 oh. like you already said that he was dead once mm -hmm. i i'd love to see but i think a lot of that comes from the very jingoistic early 2000s well yeah when we would trust our spy masters played by samuel jackson I still trust my spy master played by Samuel Jackson. I don't. Well, no, I do. I do. Even though he is evil and part of the military industrial complex. Damn straight. At Bruce's funeral, Captain America gives a speech. When Hank gets home, he has two voicemails. One about a new apartment and one about missing Ultron designs before another call comes in from Bruce saying... Thank you before he hangs up and vanishes into the crowd. Dun, dun, dun. After the ultimate stop of our New York City, the question of the budget for the ultimates comes up as the Wasp takes over as PR for the team. After the media blitz, she meets up with Captain America at the broken down gym that he wanted to go to when he was a kid, and Wasp is starting to be burnt out by his lack of excitement. Jarvis, Tony Stark's butler, who has been going on a bender in the background, announces that Iron Man is in love. We see this is represented by Iron Man giving Black Widow her own suit, and as the pair fly together, Iron Man then reveals a second gift. 
he has hired three million people from the city she grew up in to form letters so he could propose to her. Love to exploit your friends and family. Yeah. Do say I love you. Capitalism. But at an Italian protest of the EU's rumored super soldier program, Thor shows up to fight the militant police who are attacking the protesters, which quickly spreads in the news. Clint ends up getting the call that they need to stop him. Thor. I, yeah, no, I, 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 I defend everything Thor does here. Ultimate Thor's the best. Best Thor. Mm-hmm. In Brussels, Nick Fury and Captain America go to meet with the EU's super soldier program, which includes Captain Britain, Captain Spain, Captain France, Captain Italy, and Gunnar Goleman. Gunnar explains how he was working on the Norwegian team and decided to make a Thor-themed supersuit developing a biomechanical solution for superpowers. That included a harness allowing for flight and strength, and a battery in the hammer allowing for weather control and teleportation. But... Gunner's brother, Thorleaf, stole the hammer after a nervous breakdown 18 months ago. Gunner says that him turning against the government in Italy was a point where he decided that his brother needed to be brought in. In Norway, Thor slips away from the party with Jane when he is attacked by Quicksilver. Thor asks for S.H.I.E.L.D. to let the partygoers vacate, but Jane tries to stay behind. When the others are gone, though, the Ultimates and the EU heroes converge on Thor. He tries to explain about Loki, but they refuse to listen, believing that he is still insane. Captain America lights Thor on fire, destroying his beautiful hair, you bastards! Right. And Captain America tells them to steal Thor's belt. The team tries to get it, but Thor is able to fight back again and again as Thor warns that the team is going to be militarized, like he has been warning the entire time. Yeah. Poor Thor. Poor Thor. Uh, So the team does everything to try and stop Thor, and he finally snaps, releasing a massive storm, attacking the planes and military. Quicksilver, who got hurt earlier, is almost not sure he can go on until Scarlet Witch says Thor hurt her, inspiring her brother to give it one last shot with him stealing the belt, depowering Thor, and allowing him to get captured and taken to the Triskelion where he is put in Bruce's former self. Gunner, in actuality Thor's half-brother Loki, comes to taunt him. Thor chides him for outing the Hulk, but Loki denies that he did it and says one of the Ultimates is a traitor. And along with them, the Ultimates will also need to deal with Loki's partners, and Thor is left with everyone thinking he is insane. Nick Fury, meanwhile, assembles Iron Man and the team because of a new danger in the Middle East. And, uh, Devin? What, Luke? Who do you think the traitor is? Could it possibly be Benjamin? Yes, 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 yes. Probably. That was some uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Ah. Have I seen? Yeah, I think I saw it once when I was... In high school? Oh, God, no. Oh, I was in a high school production. Well, I didn't see that. I saw it when I was... Eight. Because I remember I was drinking my can of Mountain Dew, but the special kinds where it had the Star Wars Episode One characters on the cans. Oh, yeah. That was a good time. There's a half price books that has all of them, and I keep being tempted to purchase it. There's a uh, half price books near that I went into a few weeks ago, and they had a bunch of the uh, phase rip modules, and I got some of them. Oh, nice. Mm hmm. 
Since Hank has left the team, there have been a new team of giant men deployed who broke the size limits that he had. As a result, he decides to look into another team he was invited to, the Defenders. They are led by Nighthawk out of his apartment, and it also includes Patsy Walker, Hellcat, who I feel like has to be a different one than the one in all the videos that Ultimate Spider-Man has been watching. Do you agree with that? Because I wrote that in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, because she's like, oh, I've never met a superhero. It's like, Patsy, you're a celebrity. I'm pretty sure you've met a superhero. Yeah. As well as Power Man, Son of Satan, and the Valkyrie. The last member, the Black Knight, is stuck in traffic, and the team also claims that Doctor Strange didn't show up, and apparently two X-Men are also interested in joining once they get the money. Also, none of the current members actually have any powers. The Defender's current plan is when Giant Man joins the team, they'll be able to get the funding, but he reveals he can't be Giant Man, but he can be Ant-Man. Hank wakes up that night after lying to the Valkyrie to be able to sleep with her, and he is worried about his Ultron project. At the Triskelion, Hank tries to show Fury his two androids, Ultron and the Vision 2, but Fury doesn't want to be associated with him. He runs into Janet, and they flirt a bit, which pisses off Cap who chases Hank off, and meanwhile, Wanda, who is walking by, flirted with one of the androids. It is weird how they try and make Hank sympathetic, but they also don't make any reference to, he assaulted his wife. Oh, I know. Which, it's like, oh yeah, if you just got in at this point, it's like, oh, I don't know why everyone is so mad at Hank. Like, I I feel like that's a bit of a flaw with what Millar is doing here. yeah. Also, like, they specifically say that Valkyrie is, like, 19. Yeah. Yeah, it's See, that part didn't bother me because I just kept taking that as this is just continuing down the road of Hank Pym is the fucking worst. Yeah, I, I just wish they also brought up the shit that he actually did do that got him in this position in the first place. Oh, I agree. The Defenders assemble to try and stop a fire, but the Ultimates take care of it first. That is when Nighthawk reveals that he has a tip about a crime to be committed. The team, except for Black Knight, who is stuck in traffic again that night, meets with a photographer outside of the warehouse, and Nighthawk moves in, but he immediately gets hurt and has a crap beaten out of him by teens who steal his money and toss him out onto a car. Classic teens. Yeah, (laughs) trying to steal lots of cigarettes to sell. Nowadays, it would be vape pens. Truth. Ant-Man is unable to assemble enough ants. Must construct additional ant pylons uh, to be helpful. And so Valkyrie moves in, asking for Hank to do anything when she realizes that she is in trouble. So he strips from his costume and turns into Giant Man and ends up nude and large on the front cover of the newspaper. Oh, Nighthawk ends up in the hospital. They never say whether or not Giant Man actually caught those teens with his giant nude body. See, and once again, now you have naked nude Giant Man trying to sexually harass the teens. Mm-hmm. Furthering the shittiness of Hank Pym. He confronts Valkyrie, who comes clean that they don't know X-Men or Doctor Strange, that she isn't good at martial arts, and then she asks him to dress up as Captain America when they have sex. Womp, womp. Yeah. (laughs) When he gets home, uh, he talks about everything that happened to the traitor on the team whose identity is hidden. And was also unexpected, and we see that the Ultimates have invaded a country and stolen its arsenal. 
we'll deal with that in November. On the 24th of November. Yeah. Never had a clouded day. Uh, we then have the Ultimates Annual Number 1, written by Mark Millar, with art by Steve Dillon, colors by Paul Bounce, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. On a mid-Atlantic flight that's hijacked by some terrorists, the Ultimates stop them with the help of the new reserve members, the Three Rocket Men. Along with them, they've had five Goliaths, the new name for the Giant Men, with a handful of other Goliaths ready, along with the four Seasons, who are former Marines being outfitted with power-granting suits, and Lieberman, who was able to use the Super Soldier Serum. Fury meets with Victor, a Russian counterpart, who warns him about how he expanded the Super Soldier program. Fury balks at being told off, and Victor warns him to not use the soldiers on foreign soil. Meanwhile, a retired assassin known as Mr. Nix is called in. Mr. Nix is called in to assassinate Mr. Nicholas J. Fury for the danger he poses to the world, and Nix accepts. Mr. Nix. Fury is told about Nix. Mr. Nix. Who has a reputation. Fury is, meanwhile, tracking the Hulk in the Himalayas with the Rocket Men. The Defenders, meanwhile, invite WizKid, who is in a wheelchair due to polio and who has temperature control to join the team, but nobody handles the situation very well. Pym has also not been showing up recently, and the team is excited that they are still getting more press, and we find out that the Son of Satan is secretly a shield mole. Uh, yeah, WizKid is a weird choice that I Mark Millar handled as well as you would expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Knight showing up, being like, hey, look, I got a Pontiac Firebird with that sponsorship money is a decent bit, but God. Yeah. Uh, as Fury continues to primarily use the Ultimates on missions, the members of the Four Seasons start to get resentful about not being deployed, unlike the other reserve teams are, such as the Rocketmen and the Goliaths. Mr. Nix, Mr. Nix! Meanwhile, meets with a weapons dealer and receives a teleporting bullet and a x-ray rifle to kill fury with the rifle is only one of two shield prototypes and they even have a time where they plan to kill him fury meanwhile takes lieberman to show him his costume he is going to be the new captain america in case steve rogers is killed or quits because fury doesn't want america to think their symbol can die or betray them after the four seasons and lieberman are out on the town they see fire trucks go by, and Lieberman chases the fire trucks to go and help. Fury goes to talk to Iron Man about him getting married and how Iron Man wants to get a bit more settled down now that he's met Black Widow, who can actually keep up with him, and who was a first person who he has ever had a second date with, which is wild. I agree. That's when Fury gets a call, and it turns out that nobody else followed Lieberman because they needed their suits for their powers. Lieberman got too far into the fire <laughs> where the super soldier serum basically turned on him and he died. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Fury returns to his apartment that night where Nix is. Where Nix, Mr. Nix. Yeah, I'll read the last is, line so you can do it, and it isn't as weird. Fury returns to his apartment that night when Nix, Mr. Nix, is ready to kill him, only for Nix's handler to call and tell him that she found out who hired him as Fury shoots and kills him with the counterpart rifle, wrapping up another one of his problems. 
He's got 99 problems and Mr. Nix ain't one. Mr. Nix. Yeah. <laughs> we then have Ultimate X-Men Annual Number 1, written by Brian K. Vaughn, with pencils by Tom Rainey, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Gina Gillingraney, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And compared to that Ultimate's Annual, this feels so much more slight. I agree. The X-Men are currently in a simulation fighting Spider-Man's villains that were set up by a storm as Angel and Professor Xavier watch until a call from S.H.I.E.L.D. comes in and Angel is asked to leave. Fury called because a juggernaut's escaped, captured, and Rogue turned evidence leading to his arrest. Xavier tells Fury that Rogue left the team and that he has no idea where she is, which Fury is super unhappy about. Fury should fucking know where Rogue is. I like, agree. I don't think he trusts the X-Men. Brian, what are you doing, Brian? I agree. In the meantime, Rogue and Gambit are in Las Vegas stealing the gem of Sidorak from Fenris that they bought from Black Tom Cassidy as part of Rogue and Gambit's heist series against the group. You know what I like to call Las Vegas? What, Luke? Lost wages. Oh, <laughs> Boosh! <laughs> oh frisky dingo i don't want to reapproach you again because last time you already had things that did not age well yeah probably as they leave the casino though they run into the juggernaut outside and gambit tries to fight and he is easily tossed aside literally like into the air and juggernaut explains that he wants rogue back and he uses the helmet he has to track her he grabs her, so she kicks her way out, absorbing his power, and they start a slugfest while he confesses that he still loves her. Gambit reappears, though, and tries to supercharge Juggernaut's helmet to explode, but instead it empowers Juggernaut even more, so he becomes even more thick. Hell yeah. Gambit turns to trying to use his pole to fight and then charges the helmet with enough energy that it vanishes? Yeah, sure. It's, yeah. That was weird. Uh, Gambit then causes a massive amount of scaffolding to fall on the Juggernaut and himself, and he says Bon Nuit to Rogue before it hits. She runs and digs through the rubble looking for him, but he's dying, so they share one last kiss and she absorbs his powers. Three days later, she calls Iceman for help because she is scared because Gambit's powers and memories aren't leaving her before she says goodbye and hangs up. It's not... Good, why did they kill off Gambit? Yeah. Especially like in a very throwaway issue, too. Yeah, like if you didn't buy the annual, because, you know, sometimes annuals have no value long-term. Mm-hmm. It would be like, where's Gambit? Ah, oh, brah, he did. Mm-hmm. Though, I mean, imagine being a fan of the Ultimates, and then, like, all of a sudden, Mr. Nix is gone. Shit, yo. I know. Right? Parents, talk to your kids about where Mr. Nick's at. Everyone loved Mr. Nix. But you know what we also love, Devin? What, Luke? That was a weird way of saying that. Oh, I just happened to look at my fantasy football score as I was saying that. Are you beating your brothers? Oh, God, yeah. Nice. Well, mostly that that New England defense is apparently crushing right now. Are you ready for some football? Yeah. Do I only know the names of like four of the players on my team? Yeah. 
Are you ready for a question? Tell me, Luke. Uh, so mutual friend Andrew Young, <gasps> Hacus Blackus, wants to know, is Ultimate Thor more interesting as the actual for reals Thor, or is just some guy who thinks he's a god? Mm, that's what a good question. Think? It is. I mean, I I like the balance that they have on here where it's intriguing, but I think if he ends up just being a person who is crazy but also has powers, the way that they revealed where his powers come from does not work because it's like, wait, why did Norway go and make this superhero and everyone's just like, oh yeah, we got a guy who flies and is strong. Yeah. Like, I the, show me some more interesting. interesting, but yeah. What I, do you think? I liked what I, I liked what Millard did with this, where like you kind of sow that seeds of doubt, but then it kind of all gets wrapped up. Yeah, I mean Loki. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Mark Millard writes a good uh, Ultimate Thor. Yeah, I Ultimate Thor is the only currently good ultimate yeah ultimate hulk eat some people ultimate captain america jingoistic ultimate janet uh makes very poor choices with her life ultimate hank Pym is a spousal abuser ultimate black widow is a willing part of the military industrial complex ultimate iron man also willing part of the in <laughs> military industrial complex hawkeye he has a shit haircut Scarlet Witch and Pietro, very weird incest, even though we're not fully there. Yeah, Malar handled that one way better than Jeff Loeb did, though. Mm, okay, because Malar, yeah, Malar's it was hinted at. I don't remember when the I don't remember when it switches from they're sharing a gondola together in Italy to oh no, they're straight up making out. Oh, uh, that's Ultimates 3, which is when Millar left and Loeb took over. Oof. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, well, uh, we now have to uh, rank some stories, but thank you, Andrew, for sending in that question. We appreciate it. Yeah. But we also appreciate the Ultiverse Q ranking list. So we got three stories to go on here. Uh, Ultimates 2, 1 through 6, Gods and Monsters. I like it. Oh yeah, it's really good. Ultimates 2 is the superior Ultimates volume. Yeah, yeah. I think I remembered it just turning into Ultimates 3 way too fast. Yeah. Okay, uh, I yes, because that was needed because that's what really kicks off Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if I want to put it above Ultimate Daredevil and Electra because that was one of those that I think we've said time and time again is like really forgotten about and underrated. Did we? It's our number seven. Damn. Yeah. Because above that, it's all just uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, of course it is, Luke. Where else is it going to be? 
Okay, well, I mean, would you want to put it above? Uh, no, because like I, the... I like Volume Two better than Volume One, so I'll put it underneath Electro and Daredevil. Okay, uh, well, right under that is uh, Ultimate Spider-Man sixty-eight through Nice Popular. Uh, I still put it above that. Okay, so our new number eight entering into the top ten and kicking out Cats and Kings is. The Ultimates 2, numbers 1 through 6, Gods and Monsters. Which, Mark, I did not expect to do that. But you, you done surprised me. Uh, we then have the Ultimates Annual number 1, the Reserves, which is a lot more of a standard Mark Millar issue. Uh-huh. Where you got a guy who knows way too much and is very good at everything because he's with uh, the military. Hell yeah. Mark Millar loves himself some military. Uh, I feel like we can probably put it. I'd put it right under Cats and Kings and above power and responsibility. Yeah, that sounds good. So our new number 12 is The Reserves. And then, finally, we have Ultimate X-Men Annual number one, The Ultimate Sacrifice, which I'm scrolling further down for this. Yeah, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn, you made some choices, buddy. Uh Okay. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to the most dangerous game of Ultimate X-Men? Uh, I mean, it it makes more sense. What? So more kind of happened in Dangerous Game. Yeah, but there's also like all the confusing, poorly plotted stuff. That's also fair. Uh, Above that is Thief in the Night. uh, Which was uh, back when uh, Marky Mark was still writing it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, first appearance of Gambit. I was, was going to say, that's what I thought. I like that one uh, more. I like first appearance of Gambit over this. Okay, so put it uh, beneath Thief of the Night above Most Dangerous Game? Sure. All right, our new number 56 is Ultimate X-Men Annual number one, Ultimate Sacrifice, which brings us to a total of 75 entries on here. Nice. We're making our way back to you, babe. Uh, and Devin, do you know what you're covering next time? I do not, Luke. I'm going to quickly look up what some of these stories are. Next time we're covering Ultimate X-Men, Magnetic North, as well as... Okay, Magnetic North is a long one. Looks like we're getting some Polaris stuff. Uh, along with Ultimate X4, 1 through 2, and Ultimate Spider-Man Annual, number 1. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot about Ultimate X4. I think that's where uh, Bad Thinker comes back. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but I mean, Mike Carey has done a lot better than before with some of the other stuff that we uh, had. So, you know, it could be good. 
That would be nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, Devin, you know it would be nice for me right now. What's that, Luke? Uh, can you tell me where people can find you online? Well, that's great. You can find me online at Fred Ofet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And where can people find you, Luke? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-L-L-T-R-E-G. And going through the end of November, you can still find us on regular weekly episodes of Exiled. And coming up, we have 12 one-shots. Uh, tonight, I got the 11th one of those recorded. Nice. Yeah, uh, I am very excited about it and the end of Exiled and some other stuff we have coming up. Uh, but uh, right now, we're here to talk about Multiversal Q, Multiversal Q, which you can find more about us at multiversalq.com. You can also find us on Facebook at multiversalq.com and Twitter. If you like us, please like, rate, and review the show. And uh, we're also looking at changing how we do the Patreon. So if you'd like uh, normal Luke and Devin, who have escaped the Jokers, uh, to go and cover more uh, normal comic universes, yeah. uh, consider donating a few dollars to the Patreon, and we'll get back to doing some of those every now and then. But I think that wraps us up for now, Devin. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks on Ultiverse OQ. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace.